hey, welcome in to That's the Truth. It's great to have you back for a brand new episode. I am Jay Gallegos, and my goal is to help you get one step closer and further along in becoming who God has intended you to be one step at a time so you can be effective and make an impact in every area of your life. And I want to thank everyone who has shared the podcast so far with someone or has shared it on social media. That really helps extend the reach of the podcast. It also allows others to get connected with the community. Thank you so much for that. We want to invite others to join us as we learn and grow together. I know your time is valuable, so my commitment to you is bringing the best content possible with excellence in every episode. Well, we are now about nine months in with this being the 21st episode, and we have had some amazing guests like Samuel Wentworth, Pastor Daniel Espinosa, Pastor Esmeralda Delgadillo, Javier Velasquez, Lucy Pacheco, Pastor Joseph Perez, and so many other great guests. They have all graciously shared their time and wisdom here with us, and we are very appreciative of all of them. And this episode is no exception. We have another amazing guest with us today. Josh Garcia joins us on the podcast. He is the next-gen pastor at First Church of Pearland in Pearland, Texas. He and his wife are doing an exceptional job serving and leading together at First Church. He took some time to talk with us, and he shares his experience as a PK, as well as leadership keys that will help all of us grow. He helps me break down the five C's in leadership. So stick around to the end. Everything that Josh shares with us is very insightful and so valuable. In the description below, you will find the links where you can connect with Josh Garcia. So with that, it is a pleasure to invite you into my conversation with Josh Garcia. Josh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and talking to us with us on the podcast. Uh, welcome in. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's an honor to be here. Uh, thank you so much. Super excited. Yeah, likewise, we've been looking forward to talking to you. I know you're doing great things there at First Church with the young people, and we're looking forward to talking to you about it and talking about some leadership topics. But before we get into any of that, I wanted to start here and I wanted to kind of jump in um, with a little bit of your background and how your faith journey began with uh, with Jesus, with the church, and where did your faith uh, take off? Yeah, uh, well, um, I'm a, I'm a PK, uh, what people like to, to call, you know, a pastor's kid. So, I mean, I joke around that, you know, I was almost born <laughs> on a pew, my mom giving birth, but it's kind of weird. And now that I think about it, it's a pretty weird um, example. But anyway, I was, I grew up in church. I mean, I've been in church uh, my whole life and um, just been in it. My uh, parents, you know, helping out as, as much as I can. But, um, but obviously as, as other PKs may know, your faith doesn't really become your own until it does. So just because I grew up in church doesn't mean I was, you know, a part of the church or being the church. Um, but I, I would say my faith came, uh, became my own right before, right before college. Um, I would say maybe my soft, uh, I would say maybe sophomore to junior year in high school. Um, I started to, to take things serious. Um, uh, I'm eighth and eighth and freshman year of high school, eighth grade and freshman year were, were pretty much like my, my rogue years, um, you know, I decided to, that church was probably not for me and, you know, was hanging around the wrong people and um, doing things I shouldn't, wasn't supposed to. And, you know, doing, just um, giving a shot to, to what my parents and leaders always warned me against, um, you know, tried um, different things that I thought would 
would fulfill would fulfill my life. Um, but it wasn't until maybe my junior year of high school where I had an encounter with God, and you know, I felt like I was called to to ministry. And but even before that, like I felt like I was like really knowing Jesus uh, before ministry, before anything, any any of that. I um, it was. I had an encounter with God and, and just my faith became my own. And I just, I fell in love with him, fell in love with Jesus, um, on a personal level. Um, just the, his grace, uh, you know, his gracious nature and just his loving ways towards me. Um, and yeah, so I, I would say, yeah. And, um, it was a conference, um, a youth conference. And I was a junior in high school when I, when I just gave my life to God. Um, and it's, it sounds funny because I grew up in church, but you know, yeah. it's, um, it's not until you make it your own that, that things really, that it matters Absolutely. because, you know, so yeah, that's where it gets so yeah, personal. That's kinda like a, mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to circle back around here in a minute about you being a PK, but first, uh, you're the student pastor at first church. What was your journey like leading up to your role there with youth ministry? Yeah. So, um, I'll, uh, like I said, it, so when I entered, um, co- it, it all started in college, um, where I really felt a burden to reach people, to, to lead people. Um, so in college, I, it started with a, with a group, uh, our church had what, what we called, um, cell groups. So I opened up like a Bible study group at my house and yeah. just started inviting, uh, my, my friends from college. And then we started a group at, at, at our college campus. Um, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. Um, you know, just getting to talk to people and, and point them to Jesus. So it's a long story. Um, uh, but in, I'm trying to go, um, the short form, but yeah, it started there. My passion started there and I just, I started to work at my dad's church, working with the youth. Um, um, and then fast forward to 2018. Um, I'm at the time, I want to say probably 19 or 20 years old around, around that time. Um, there was an opening, um, an internship opened up here at first church. And at this time, um, it was, it was, it was completely God because I grew up in a span in the UPC Spanish, um, uh, organization. So I grew up in a Spanish church sure. my entire life. Um, so I didn't really know anything about, about first church. I didn't know anything about the English side of the UPC. I didn't, um, uh, I didn't know, you know, preachers or, or pastors or even people. Um, but 20, 2016, we moved to Wisconsin from Chicago. I grew up in, in Chicago. Uh, we moved to Wisconsin. My dad, um, took a church there and the Spanish district in Wisconsin was a lot smaller than, um, in Illinois the Illinois district. So we were kind of forced to, to join with, um, not in a bad way, obviously, but if I wanted to go to youth events and stuff like that, it was going to be in English. So that kind of opened up my world to the English, um, side of the UPC. So then, uh, fast forward forward to 2018, I find myself in a really, in a place of confusion. Uh, just to be honest, I find my place, I was in ministry already. I was the youth pastor at my dad's church, but I was, um, in a place of discouragement, of confusion with, um, doctrine points with, um, church culture, with, um, a lot of things, um, just in, in a place where, where it it was a dark place for me. Um, and I was looking for something, I was looking for something 
to, to grow. I, I knew I wanted ministry, but I knew I wasn't um, as equipped. It, but I also, I thought of Bible college, but I was so involved at my dad's church yeah. that for me to be gone that long um, and for me to have grown up as a PK, um, I thought maybe just, um, I was looking for like an internship kind of thing. So then I, on social media, I just, I followed the church. Um, and then a couple of days after I follow them, they make a post. Uh, but I, again, I didn't know who the church was. I thought they posted some cool pictures. It looked like a cool church. Yeah. It looked, it was apostolic. It was Pentecostal. So I'm like, Hey, you know, this is cool. So after a couple of days of me following them, they post about an internship. So I'm like, cool. Like I'll, yeah. I'll apply and see what happens. So I submitted my application, sent in some videos and stuff like that. And, um, a few weeks later I got accepted. And then a few weeks later I moved down to Houston, um, to, to be a part of this internship. So, um, I was here for the summer of 20, 2018, completely fell in love with the, the community, the, the city, the church, the, the leadership. Um, and I really felt like I really, I learned so much. I learned so much. So I went back to my dad, to, to my home church, um, after the summer and, and just started implementing things and, and growing it, putting into practice, everything I had learned. And I feel like that really, um, not just, um, saved my ministry, but even maybe my, my spiritual life. Yeah. I don't know where, what, how things would have happened if, if that, if, if that opportunity hadn't came up. Uh, but fast forward to 2019, almost a year exact later, um, I got a call from, from our, our pastors and, you know, they asked if, if I would be interested to come, uh, to come back to, to first church, uh, permanently to be on staff. And, um, so I, talk to talk to my parents as my pastors and to my parents as my parents as well um and and we we decided you know it was a, it was a good opportunity it was it was something from god it was god's timing and and so i moved down here 2019 um i started uh, as a staff member um in july and then in october i was made student pastor uh of the of our of our youth ministry and then 2021 last year um I'm, I became the next generation pastor. So that, that is a little bit different than student, um, yeah. than just student ministry. Okay. So it's been, it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey. Um, I don't think it's been an easy one, but it's definitely been, um, a, a fun one. It's been one that, um, that helped, that reminds me every day that I need to rely on the Holy spirit, Absolutely. <laughs> um, to, 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 to get going. So that's kind of like a, um, uh, a quick little yeah. story of how kind of like my ministry and what led to, to me being here. Yeah. That's um, great. And, yeah. So as you mentioned that you're a PK and I'm sure you grew up in that area, in that space with the church, following your dad's footsteps, following being around everything that your dad exposed you to, you know, your dad is a pastor. So PKs have always had a very special place in my heart because I, I've always grown up close to PKs. So from your experience, how has your insight as a PK assisted you in your leadership development now? And what would you say overflows into your leadership role now? Yeah, I would say the way it's influenced my leadership now is, is from a young age. Um, I realized um, from a, from a young, um, not from a young age, like my age wise, but from a, from a, from my early uh, right. years in, in ministry. Um, I feel, I feel like my parents did a, a good job at protecting me from the, uh, the, I would, I would just go straight and say the sure. ugliness of church. 
Right. Um, but at the same time, exposing me at the, at the right timing. So like being a PK, I was exposed to a lot of, um, a lot of things that really opened my eyes to re to, to see the realness of ministry. Ministry is not just a platform. Ministry is doing life with people. It's, it's, it's the, it's the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got a, I got a good dose of a little bit of both before I became, before I, um, you know, did ministry full time of just seeing the realness of it, the authenticity of it, of I've seen my parents, um, get hurt. I've seen my parents be betrayed. I've seen my parents be, um, you know, I've, I've just, I've seen a lot of, a lot of things that they've gone through. So that really had that really from a, from early stages made me realize that this is, this is serious. This is not, you know, it's not going to be a walk in the park. And if, am I really called to this? Am I, am I really, um, you know, willing to, to have those things possibly happen to me one day. So I feel like that position being a place where I, I kind of had realistic expectations of, of what it would be like, uh, because my parents, again, you know, they've, they've, they've gone through a lot and I've been a witness of it. I've had the front row seat of, of their pain and their struggles. So I think that that is so valuable to me. Now I look back and I'm so grateful that I was able to see that because, um, it gave me the, I believe a healthy perspective of what was to come. Um, not, not that ministry is all doom and gloom. No, it's not, but, but it does have its, its moments. It does. There are uh, some things that, that happened that the entire church doesn't most of the time doesn't even know is happening, but the pastoral home is, is where, you know, think conversations are happening and stuff like that. So yeah. that's yeah. how I think it prepared me. And it's one of those difficult things that a lot of people would not understand unless they close they work closely with leadership. Just if you look at it from a biblical perspective, I mean, Jesus was betrayed and he came to save us all. And, you know, he established leadership, he established salvation and he was betrayed. And that bleeds over into leadership as we work for for Jesus and we work for God. So Working closely with pastoral families over the years, uh, I've seen that myself, and I've seen betrayal, and I've seen the the critics, and I've seen the pressure, and I've seen also how that affects the family and the pressure that has to be bared through that. So as mm-hmm. a PK, you know, do you think that in general, PKs are always expected to meet higher standards because the pressure is always there, the 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 pressure to maintain the image is always there. So do you feel that the highest high standards to to perform or the high standards to 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 maintain are are always there oh absolutely absolutely one hundred percent um i i don't think i don't think it's right or wrong um but i do think naturally people are gonna see the pastor at home and the pastor's kid and and have this um uh, this pre like this this idea of that kid almost expecting perfection, almost expecting, you know, um, that the kid to, to act the right way, to say the right things, to look the right way, to, to just be the, the image of a perfect child. When in reality, you know, it's, it's just a child. Um, I do think there's that, there is that pressure exists. I don't think that'll ever go away, um, because of the nature of our society, the nature of, the way we're wired, um, and the, the, the position of the pastor 
within the church. Um, I do think I did feel that growing up. I always, I, 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 I felt that, but going back to my parents, um, I mean, I like to say I won, I got, I won the lottery with my parents. Um, they tried their best to, in a healthy way, make me realize that that pressure was there, not necessarily from them. They weren't expecting me to be that perfect child, but they knew people would see me that way. So they, they kept me, um, in a healthy way. They helped me realize, Hey, you don't have to be perfect. If you're not perfect, it's okay. And we love you and you're, you're accepted, you're loved, and you're going to go through things. And, and you may not be, you know, everything God wants to see just yet, but you're, you know, you're, you're going to, you're a minister and, 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 and this and that. So, um, so yeah, I, I credit everything that I've learned to, to my parents and, and, um, as far as like my personality, um, because they've, they, they just, you know, they just really, they made me feel like, yes, the pressure is there and we know that the pressure is there and there, there genuinely is some kind of a standard that should be followed. Yeah. Um, because of being the pastor's kid, depending on the pastor, whatever, whatever that, 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 that dad is the expectations of the home are, you know, that should be followed. And I, I believe that. Um, but, um, but they made me realize that, you know, I, I was going to mess up. I was going to make mistakes. And in our home, the expectation was going to be the expectation of me being a kid. Um, so, um, I felt, I definitely felt the expectation from the church, from the people around, but not necessarily for my parents at, at home. So I think that really gave me a balanced, um, um, I think, I think it, I think things can go south really quick where the, when the expectation is not only from the church and the church community, but also at home, um, I think things can go south very quick, um, as far as PKs go, but, um, but my parents, man, they, they really just helped me, um, be a kid. You know, if I was into sports, they really supported that. My mom would tell me, you know, go try to be a professional. I was into soccer. Um, and I thought I was going to be a professional soccer player and she supported that. And, you know, and then I got into um, art and graffiti and, and things like that. And she was always supporting me. My parents always supported that. Um, uh, but at the same time, my mom would always tell me, Hey, you're a minister, no matter what you're going through, like you're going to be a minister, whether you like, that's, it's what you're called. So, um, but yeah, so there's definitely pressure. Um, but I think if we can, if we can navigate that well, um, I don't, I don't think it can be detrimental. Um, yeah. I mean, we've seen the, the, I have so many friends that I grew up with that are, that were PKs and now are not even in church. Like m- most of, most of the PKs that I, that I knew growing up are, um, there's jokes that go around that a PK either turns out to be a pastor or like yeah. just, the, just backslid, you know, just wild. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I can speak for myself, um, you know, and that's, that's pretty much, you know, from my experience, um, my parents really helping me. How would you say that you manage that pressure? Because I feel like there's a lot of maybe young people now or young adults now that are in that position that they, they constantly carry that with them, but don't know where to put it. Don't know how to manage it. Maybe don't know how to release properly in the proper environments. Mm-hmm. How would you say that you manage that pressure over the years? Yeah, I think um, community is a big one. Um, the friends that are, that are, that that were around me, um, having people 
um, older people than me that I can talk to. Uh, one of them being, you know, my, my, my uncle, my, my youth pastor that as I was growing up, um, just letting voicing it, I think is, is huge. Um, letting people know around you, Hey, I feel this pressure. I feel this unrealistic pressure right. to be perfect because I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid. I feel this unrealistic pressure to, to, to fulfill whatever role you name it. Um, and just being honest as a PK with your parents, um, like saying, Hey mom, dad, you know, I know you guys are in this position. I know you guys are, um, you know, the pastors, but I'm feeling this unrealistic expectation of me. Um, and I think having conversations about it, that that's what helped me. Um, and then realizing that, realizing that expectations are not bad. Right. Um, expectations are good. I, I, I feel like because my parents, um, did have high expectations for me and my church community had expectations for me. I felt like it made me believe that I could do that I could be used of God. It made me believe that, that people believed in me. So I think the perspective really matters. I, I would say to a PK that's feeling that pressure of, of, um, you know, uh, because you're the pastor's kid, you know, you, you need to do this or that. I would take that energy and see it in a positive way. Even honestly, even if you know, people mean wrong, even if you right. know, people are wanting to justify their kids, um, um, with, with your life, um, yeah. just, you know, get the right perspective and say, man, I'm going to take that as people believe in me. I'm going to take that as people see great things in me. And then, and then, um, you know, my grandpa always told me pray like it depended on God, but work like it depended on you and work hard and have great work ethic. And if you are called to ministry, learn your craft. If you're a communicator, you know, be the best communicator you could be. If you're a musician, be the best musician you can be. If you're an administrator at the church, be the greatest administrator you could possibly be. Like, you know what? Like I felt like I, I, I moved towards that expectation instead of letting that expectation diminish me. Um, not saying that it was in a perfect way. There's ways, there was times where I felt just overwhelmed and, and where it was so, so, um, unrealistic but in other times but other times it's like man i want i want to be you know used of god you know i i want god to be able to use my life so how can i live according to his word how can i you know work hard and and work like it depended on me but pray like it depends on him and and have a great relationship with him like in a healthy way so um that's that's kind of my perspective i'm kind of in in the in the middle of like the expectation exists and the way we i think the the way we can manage it is one voicing it and number two um our perspective um i think our perspective is huge um using that energy even if it's negative energy towards you but using what the you know, God doing what God using what the enemy meant for evil and then, and then turning it for something good and using that energy and saying, man, I'm going to take it as people believe in me. I'm going to take it as I could do, you know, great things for the kingdom of God. Absolutely. And in order to do that, in order to see and to grab a hold of that different perspective that does pivot on that in order to apply that text that you just mentioned to to allow God to use it for good. That's where that perspective pivots on, in my opinion, and in, in mm-hmm. how I see it. So. That is very powerful. That is very deep. And I would recommend to anybody that's listening on the other end to rewind that and to listen to that one more time because there is so much there and and let that speak to your life if you're dealing with that. So one last thing on PKs. What would you tell a PK now 
that would find themselves frustrated today, ready to quit and ready to walk out of ministry? I would tell them you're doing better than you think you are. I would tell them that you're further than you think you are. You are um, more successful than you think you are. Because the reason that they're feeling like that is probably because they've been working hard. Um, but sometimes, you know, just keeping in mind the scripture that, you know, we, we plant, we we're planting seeds, but God provides the growth. You know, I can't control the outcome. I can control how I work. So number one, I would say, realize that you're better than you think you're doing. You're doing better than you think you're doing. If you can compare yourself to, to, to a year ago, I guarantee you, you're, you're a different person. You're way further than you think you are. Um, that's what I would say. Number one. And, and number two is, is, is learn to rest. I feel like in ministry, um, that's something I'm, I had to really learn, um, learn last year. Um, last year was a, a, a hard year for me in a, in a, in a personal way, uh, with ministry. Um, so, but it's, it's, it's rhythms of work, um, as PKs we're expect, and, and sometimes most of us enjoy it, but like, you know, the PK, that's the drummer, but also the piano player and also preaches and yeah. also does media and does the graphics and does the social media. Like it, you can only go so long doing that without taking a Sabbath, without taking rest. Um, and I went through that last year, um, started having panic attacks and started like, just, uh, I was, my, my rhythm of work was really unhealthy. So I think setting intentional times of rest, being intentional with our calendars, being intentional with what we take on and what we don't take on. I know being a PK, it's hard to say no, especially to your dad, right. but saying, Hey, I already have all these other things that I'm doing. I, if I focus on these two, three things, I can do them better than me, you know, focusing on 10 different things that, that that's, it wears you out. It burns you out. So I think being honest about your workload is crucial, is crucial, crucial. Yeah, so good. number one, I, I would say perspective back to the perspective things sure. you're doing better than you, than you think you're doing. And number two, find a, a healthy, a healthy rhythm of work. Um, if you're at the verge of burning out, um, it's probably because you're stretched thin or it's probably because you're working in a ministry area that is not your gifting. Um, mm -hmm. if, if I'm, if I'm, if they put me on in the worship team to lead worship, I'm going to be the most frustrated person in the world because I, it's not my gifting. Yeah. Um, so, so many times it's because we're serving in areas that are needed but not our calling where yeah. we're feeling where, where that draining comes from, where that burnout is coming from. But if you're doing something you're called to that you're passionate about, that you love, man, you, you, as people say, you'll never work another day in your life. Yeah. Um, so I understand there's times, especially in smaller churches where it's a pay, the PK, it's a necessity to, to be all hands on deck. But, but, um, but I think navigating that through conversations, being honest, um, with your pastor, with your parents about yeah. the way you feel. So that's, that's what I would say. Yeah, that is so good. And I love that because it's not a position that you chose to be in. It's not a position you applied for, just walked into mm -hmm. and found it interesting. You know, you were born into that. So absolutely that has to do with perspective and it has to do with calling as well. So thank you for sharing that. That is so powerful. 
So I want to change gears a little bit here. And one of my favorite topics to share on this platform or to share on this podcast is leadership. And you're the perfect uh, candidate to be sharing a little bit of uh, leadership wisdom with us or, or kind of kicking that topic around because you have a Spanish podcast, El Podcast de Liderazgo with Josh Garcia. And it's a fantastic podcast. And I would recommend anybody to find it and subscribe to it and connect to it. And I'm going to put a link, if you're okay with that, putting a link in yeah. the description where people can find you there in Spanish. So you grew up in a Spanish church. Your dad is pastoring a Spanish ministry. You're now full-time on staff with English-speaking church, and now you have mm -hmm. a Spanish podcast. Tell me a little bit about where the vision began to launch a leadership podcast, but not only that, do, to do it in Spanish. That's impressive, mm -hmm. and I love that. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So as, as you said, you grew up in Spanish uh, churches, Spanish. My dad still pastors a Spanish work. Um, Um, so I think it came out of, um, it came out of, a a, a burden for, I would say it, for lack of better words, for my roots, of uh, um, our church is, is predominantly, it's, it's an English church. Um, it's multi-ethnic, um, but the language that is spoken is, is, um, it's English. So, um, just a burden for, for my roots of, of number one, in a practical way, I didn't, I don't want to ever lose my Spanish. Um, I meet so many, uh, young people that are, uh, you know, Hispanic descent of, you know, uh, that, that can't speak Spanish and I don't blame them. I really don't. Um, but in my, in my personal life, I want to always be able to, to speak it fluently. Um, and you speak it, it great. Is. You speak it great, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, but, but yeah, from a practical level, um, I'm, I'm also a very, very practical person. So I sat and I'm like, how can I, how can I keep, I, I'm also married to a, 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 um, a white, a white girl. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she can, she understands a few words of Spanish, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to teach her a little bit. That's good. Um, but, but that also adds to it. Her family doesn't speak, um, English. Um, my whole family's in Chicago and Wisconsin. Her family's here. So I'm, I'm with her family most of the time, but so I don't really have a lot of opportunities to really speak Spanish. Um, so from a practical level, I really, I, I love my culture. I love my, I love the Spanish language. So I wanted to keep it alive, kind of force myself to, to, to speak Spanish in some way, shape or form, but on a spiritual level, um, or on a, on the leadership side of things, you know, I love podcasts. I, I listen to podcasts all the time. I mean, my AirPods are my favorite, my best friends. Um, so, but And I love leadership podcasts, leadership books, and and my favorite podcasts are all in English. Um, and and I one day I'm just scrolling, trying to look for a Spanish leadership podcast, and it was hard to find. It was it was a hard thing to find. So I uh, it, it was it was hard to find. So I I decided you know I'm you know instead of me complaining about it, well, I mean I'm. I can I can translate some stuff. I can share some things that I've learned over um, over these last um, last couple of years. So that's where it came from. It came from like I saw a need. Um, you know, I I was looking for something in Spanish and I couldn't find the same variety or the same um, amount of of content that I could find in English. I mean, English there's so so many great podcasts and um, and so I I decided you know. To, to do something about it, to, to, you know, to interview some people, to, to share with them some, 
some thoughts um, from even some English podcasts or some books and stuff like that. So um, that's that's where it, that's where it came from. It came from me trying to get get a, a listen to a Spanish podcast and not being able to find um, a good uh, a good variety of Spanish podcasts um, yeah. that talk about leadership. So. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I jumped in and it, it was not, it was not quick. Um, I mean, I was thinking about it for about a year. Um, and then I had some episodes recorded, um, edited and, uh, and everything, but I would, you know, back to, it's just, you know, it's putting yourself out there, especially with a, a topic like leadership at my age. Um, you know, there's all kinds of insecurities that were, that were happening until, you know, um, I finally did it, posted the first one and then, yeah. um, it's, it's been fun, but yeah, that was, that was, you know, kind of the origins of it. The vision behind it is, is for me to not lose my language, my, my, my first language. And then also to, to share things that I'm learning, um, for, to, to, to either Spanish churches, Spanish leaders, um, you know, just some, some fun stuff. Yeah, the majority of our listeners, I would say, are bilingual, so they can go back and benefit from that as well. And I'll put the link in the description where they can find that and connect with you on that. And mm -hmm. uh, I've listened to some uh, episodes. It's fantastic, and I would recommend it. Absolutely. So I want to unpack a little bit more and go a little deeper into leadership. Most leaders experience some level of self-doubt. You just mentioned how you were on the fence a little bit of, of beginning, and I can relate to that as well, even starting this podcast. But most leaders experience some level of self-doubt or imposter syndrome. How do you fight against doubting yourself or feeling that you don't have what it takes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer with a, with a bit of a story. Sure. <laughs> I love stories. Um, Oh, a while back, my, my, I have a little sister. She's like, uh, I wouldn't say 10 years old, but maybe about three years ago, she was like, or four years. She was either six or seven. Um, you would, you would, um, I remember asking her like, Hey, Dachi, um, who's, who's the most beautiful girl in the whole world? And, and, you know, she, she'd look at you and she'd say, that's me. And then I'd ask her like, who's, uh, I just make up questions. Who's the best singer in the world? And she would say, that's me. And then I'd be like, who's the most, you know, who's the smartest little girl, the most beautiful, the smartest. And she'd say, that's me. And then, and then, um, I would ask her, um, why, like, why do you know that? Why do you say that? And then I'll never forget. She said, because my daddy tells me, mm. because my daddy tells me, I feel like as leaders, especially young leaders, we are listening to the wrong voices a lot of the time. And if we could just open our Bible and look at what our daddy has to say about us, what our heavenly father has to say. I feel like our perspective would change. I feel like what you would find in there are words of affirmation, are words of encouragement, are words that he created you in, in his image, that he created you with greatness. He created you with, um, in, you know, with, he, the Bible says we're wonderfully and fearfully made. Some of us yeah. are wonderfully, some others are fearfully made, you know, yeah. if you know what I mean, but, <laughs> but, um, but, um, but no, but I would say, listen to your father's voice, listen to the Holy spirit. The Holy yeah. spirit is our encourager. And if we're, if, as long as we're focused on comparing ourselves, as long as we're focused on, on other people's social media platforms, as long as we're focused on other people's success, as long as we're comparing our, our, are behind the scenes to someone's, you know, highlight reel. As long as we're um, focused on other, on on just like 
and what the what this world is telling us, um, I feel that's where I believe self doubt really comes into play. But as long as we can focus on the words that our Father has to say, the words that actually matter, um, I think that could really revolutionize our, the way we see ourselves. Um, because if we can see ourselves the way our Father sees ourselves, it's it's in a loving way. It's in in a in an encouraging way. So the, I, that's what I that's what I would say to to kind of um, answer your question on on how can we battle self doubt. I, I that's something I go through a lot um, for multiple reasons. Um, but what helps me is going back again to to what 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 Jesus said, um, what God ha- has had said about us, and and really believing that and trusting His word. So. Yeah, that's really good. So. Speaking of like imposter syndrome, and I feel like that's something that never goes away, but the best leaders always face it, regardless of what the emotion is or regardless of the fear. Leaders, the Mm -hmm. best leaders are always facing it and always moving and pushing through that instead of staying behind the fence and staying in obscurity or walking away from it. The best leaders always push through it. And I think you do that fantastically. So thank you for sharing that. So there's three C's in leadership that I want you to help me break down. That's congruency, consistency, and comparison. And you were just talking about comparing yourself and we're talking about imposter syndrome. So I want to start with comparison. Mm-hmm. How do mm-hmm. you guard your heart from falling into comparison with other people and other leaders? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, think the, um, I think the antidote in my, my humble opinion, I think that's a million dollar question. Um, but... Um, but I think something I can speak from my from my own experience. Sure. I think what has helped me and what I think can help someone else is a grateful heart. Um, is 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 being grateful, uh, being intentional about being grateful, because it's so easy. I'm not going to say I don't compare myself to others. It's it's in our nature to right. compare. It's in our nature. I mean, now with social media, to compare your life to someone else's um, social media pages or platforms or whatever. Um, but I think, I think we, when we can stop and be grateful for not just the big things, not just what you have, but the little things, uh, being grateful, waking up every morning and something I try to do every single day is um, pull out my journal and, and write two, three things that I'm grateful for. Um, and that helps me put, again, things back into a healthy perspective of of, uh, when it comes to comparison is I'm, I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be grateful for what I have. I'm going to be grateful for my community. I'm going to be grateful for my church. I'm going to be grateful for my family, grateful for what I do have. Um, so there's, there's this quote, there's this, um, people call it the 20, 2080 rule in leadership that it's right. like that, that say that 20% of your people are going to do 20, 80% of the work. That's kind of like a church thing. Yeah. Um, but if if we can take that twenty eighty rule, um, I I recently heard I believe it was Craig Rochelle say this that we we are so focused we can get so focused on the twenty percent that we don't have right. that we f- oversee the eighty percent that we already do have because if if you notice we're comparing ourselves and 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 we're wanting this or wanting that or 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 you know just believing that we don't have enough or we are not enough but in reality we have that eighty percent. Obviously, we're not we're not ever going to be perfect. We're not ever going to have everything. We're not ever going to, you know, we're, there's always going to be that 20% that you don't have. There's always going to be that 20% that that you are not. 
but there also is that eighty percent that you do have and that you that you that you are. So I would I would keep that in 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 mind. I love that thought. And talking about consistency, so that's comparison. Let's talk about consistency because you did mention some habits there. Is one of the most difficult skills to develop. Speaking of consistency, but it's also one of the most powerful to earn respect. What are habits or methods that help you? remain consistent and follow through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, when, when, when you say consistency, I think of habits. Um, so I think building healthy habits are, are, is, is crucial to, uh, to leadership. It's crucial for anybody. Um, and, and, and yeah, consistency. So <clears throat> to build, I, I, I believe to build consistency comes from building healthy habits. Um, and being, being, creating healthy defaults to where, you know, your, your default is something healthy to where you're creating, um, a healthy default. Like if you have free time, like if you have a free one hour, um, in your evening, what is it that you do? What, what is it? What is your natural inclination? Is it to pull out your phone and scroll social media? Is it to turn on a, a, a watch something or is it to read a book? Is it to, you know, have a conversation with somebody like those defaults? Like, what do you naturally go to? And there's ways that we can that we can design that and, and um, <clears throat> cultivate cultivate that in our in ourselves. But I, I, I do think consistency is 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 great. Something that uh, that helps me is accountability, um, communicating, um, especially to my wife, Hey, you know, this month, um, I want to be consistent in the, in going and waking up at the same time, or I want to be consistent in cutting out like habits, even, even health habits, like I'm cutting out soda. Like, please help me. Like if you see me drinking soda, just nicely, I have to say nicely because she can be, you know, harsh sometimes. (laughs) Uh, but I'm like in a nice way, tell me, remind me about, my habit about not drinking soda. Um, so things like that being, being, um, being, being consistent on, um, with that, you know, with your scheduling and, and all, like keeping your word, I, th- I think yes. is, is the best way to, to stay consistent, like yes. being consistent with your word. Like if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Um, and not just what you said, but you go the extra mile, like, especially for yeah. any kind of leader, but young leaders, um, there's nothing worse than, than a young leader. That's all talk, um, and, and no, no action, no steps. So I would say, keep your word. If, if you could, if we could start with that, just keeping our word. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I'm, I'm a part of it. I'm committed. Um, you know, keeping your word, my, you know, having, having, um, so that your word matters. Uh, a book I would recommend on this is Atomic Habits. It's like it's blowing up right now. I'm sure you probably you've probably heard of it. It's yes. by James Clear. One of my favorites. Um, yeah, um, I went through it earlier this, this year, and it's just it's it's a game changer. So, um, but yeah, that's that's what I uh, what I would say. It's it's super important to stay consistent to have healthy habits. Um, there's a bunch of practical ways that that I can go in, into that have helped me to um, to build habits like you know, pretty much just following that book. Um, but yeah, keeping your word is super, it's huge. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I've learned from Craig Rochelle, as a matter of fact, that you mentioned was one of the things that he says is that um, under promise and over deliver, 
under promise mm-hmm. and over deliver and th- following through with what you say you're going to do that gives so much credibility to a leader and so much credibility to whoever is in that position to lead. And, um, that has helped me personally. So thank you for sharing that. That is phenomenal. And Atomic Havoc, that's an outstanding book. If you haven't read it by now, anyone who is listening, I would recommend going out and getting that out. And by no means we're a paid uh, sponsorship with that, but it's a helpful resource and it is tremendous. And I love how it talks about uh, the compound effect and you, it's the little things, right? That you don't see automatically. You don't see the little things, but as as you're making progress and they begin to compound, you begin to build this force and you end up becoming something later down the road that you didn't see as you're taking those small steps. So very, very good. I love that. And actually you, you threw in a bonus C. We're talking about three C's, congruency, consistency, and comparison, but you threw an extra C there that, that uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about. And that's communication. How important is communication mm-hmm. to a leader, right? And we could, we could mm-hmm. dive into that and we can unpack that. And that's actually a bonus C, but let's talk about congruency. How important Mm -hmm. is it for a leader to be the same in all facets of his or her life? Because women lead too. So Mm -hmm. how important is it for a leader to be the same in all facets of their life? Yeah, I I would say it's, it's, it's important. You know, uh, when I, when I think of congruency, um, I think of authenticity, um, you know, being being authentic to yourself, being authentic to to who God created you to be, being authentic to to your personality and authentic to 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 your passions and and um, um and your your calling and your dreams and stuff like that. So, I think being being authenticity, you know, being real. Um, I feel like especially young um, younger leaders or newer leaders, we can fall into this idea that. Um, I need to be, I need to be, you know, kind of this, this insecure idea of, of wanting to fake, you know, being better or fake yeah. this or fake that. But I, I believe that it's, I believe that people will celebrate your wins, but people will connect with you through your brokenness. People mm. will connect through, uh, through your, through your weaknesses and yeah. through, through the, through the things that you're not good at. So I think being authentic um, to what your what your gifting is and what your what is not your gifting. Um, so, um, in, in playing to that, you know, with leaders, half of our job is to build teams. So you, when you're building your own team, it's like you you look at yourself and it's like, so what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And I'm not going to hide my weaknesses. I'm actually going to make them public. And then my team needs to be, um, needs to complement those weaknesses. Um, because if we're, if our team is exactly the way we are with the same personality, the same gifts, the same strengths, then it's not going to work out because everybody's going to have the same weaknesses. So that those areas aren't going to be covered. Um, so in my own life, I try, I try to keep that. I try to just be congruency as, as far as like, authentic um you know recruiting people that are that are good at the things that i'm really bad at or that things yeah. that i don't enjoy doing um because there's other people just because you don't enjoy it doesn't mean other people don't enjoy it i do not enjoy spreadsheets and 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 data collection <laughs> and all that stuff so, but th- we have a couple people on our team that love that you know they would hate to 
get on a platform and speak to people, but they love to, they love the data, the numbers. So, you know, those are the kinds of people I like to surround myself with is people that will compliment me and people that, that will help me grow and, and I can learn from, but yeah, so, um, being real, you know, I, there's a little quote that, that we say on the podcast and from Craig Rochelle, it's that sure. people would rather le- follow a leader who's always real than one who's always right. Yeah. So being, being real, being real, being real in all facets and facets of life, um, you know, being, being genuine to, to, and also obviously without mention a Christian leader being real and authentic in your Christian life. Like if we're in a position of leadership, you know, that doesn't mean we're just a leader at church. It doesn't mean we're a leader at our youth group. No, it means you're a leader at school. You're a leader at work. You're, 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 you know, you're living according to these standards everywhere you go because again, to authenticity, you know, that's people, people can smell, can smell it from yes, afar. You know, people absolutely. know if you're being authentic and people know if you're trying to fake something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd rather not try to fool anybody. I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be who God created to be, who yeah. God created me to be. And he's and who he's calling me to be. And, um, and yeah, I think, I think it's super important. And I would just focus on being authentic, being real. If you have a weakness, again back to communication communicate it and recruit people that enjoy doing what you don't enjoy doing that you're the things that you're not doing and i think um that that team that organization is going to grow because if you don't do that then the leader becomes the lid of the growth because those weaknesses that the leader has if they don't get addressed if they don't get covered then then that organization is is going to suffer because of that so i would just say you know being real and, and playing to your strengths and weaknesses. Absolutely. That is so good. And one of the things that we always want to avoid as being as a leader is being that lid. If you have to let mm-hmm. go of something so it can go further, you have to be willing to do that. And yes. it's a process. It's a process. You really got to be securing yourself to do that. But I love that. And there's so much we can talk about. Now you're making my mind go into so many different things about leadership. <laughs> <laughs> but that is awesome. I love that. And one of the things that you mentioned being real and that is at the foundation, right? One of the, there's an acronym that I broke down that God put in my heart. Uh, and it was weird how it came to me. And I shared with the, with the Spanish leadership, um, I think over a year ago now, the Lord put something in my heart as an acronym for being real. And that's simply just being relevant, effective, approachable, and loving. And mm. that's one of the ways of being real. That's good. At a foundation, authentic. And it, it helped me personally. And if I share that with others, because if it helps them, then great. But just being relevant, effective, approachable, and loving in every area of my leadership, then I'm, 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 it's going to keep me real. It's going to keep me grounded. So mm, that's good. One of the things also that I want to talk to you about is instincts of a leader. And I think that's so important and it helped me growing, uh, growing up and when I first started. Because when you start in something, you don't have necessarily all of the instructions. You don't have all of the, re- the resources you would like to have. And you have to rely on instincts a little bit. So how mm-hmm. often do you find yourself relying on instincts or making decisions based on, on your instincts and intuition? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think more often than I would, that I would, than I would think. So the short answer is more often I, I, than I think, but as much as I can, I try to 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 kind of avoid it. So 
as far as making decisions, you know, out of out of instinct, if it, if it, I think it depends. I think if it's something where the Holy Spirit is nudging you, where um, it's a direction, it's it's a it's a it's, it's a call that you need to make. It's you know something like that. I think that's that's healthy. I think if we rely on our instincts, um, I think it, it, it to, for for a lot of things, I think it could get unhealthy. Um, I think something, and I think that's what I'm working on is, is discerning when are the times where I don't, don't have to, to plan ahead to where it's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to let the Holy spirit lead. Um, and what are other areas where, um, it would be good to answer questions before they even come up. Um, so I think navigating that is, is part of part of leadership is knowing, okay, what are some, what are, by answering questions ahead of time, what I mean by that is what are some, um, cause we're talking leadership. So what are, what are some uh, policies? What are some things that, that we, that we can answer now to where th- when things arise, I don't, I don't have to be quick on my feet if, if, because some people are not, um, I tend to be with decisions. I tend to be um, slower than, than most. Um, my wife gets on, uh, it gets on her nerves, but I'm, I'm a thinker. I want to think about it. I want to think about it. So for me to be quicker on my feet, I need to answer questions beforehand. For example, um, during the summer, I tried to, to, to do a little bit less, um, and try to focus, uh, you know, my wife. So if things come up, you know, it's, it's easier to, for me to say, oh, it's, it's summer, you know, we're, we're, we're taking things a little bit slower. Uh, we're going to say no to some things or whatever. Um, because that's already, already answered, um, before, beforehand. So little, uh, things like that. Um, but I think it, it depends on, on what area, uh, of being the instinct. I think it's good having good instincts and I think those come with time. Um, so if there's a listener, um, thinking like, well, I don't think I have good instincts. I think yeah. it comes with time with experience. Um, I think you start to, to learn things, but if, if you're starting or if you feel like you don't have good instincts, I think you can answer questions beforehand, um, with, with, with some policies, with some procedures, with, um, if this happens and this is the answer. So yeah. I don't know if I'm actually even answering your question, but no, that's um, good. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's kind of how I funneled, uh, funnel it. I, I like to be quick on my feet as much as I can, but if I can avoid it, uh, I, 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 pro- I probably would to, um, just because my nature is, um, I'm probably not going to be quick. If I have to make a decision from, you know, it's, it's so if I can answer, make decisions beforehand, um, that really helps me out. Um, but if it's, if it's something spiritual, I think it's different. I think with, with something spiritual, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you tune your, your ear to, to the voice of God through prayer, through fasting, through, through time with him. And, and again, I think that also takes a little bit of time. I think that yeah. there's people that are gifted, um, for people like me, <laughs> um, then you, you kind of, you kind of, you know, gotta, gotta tune your ear to, 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 to hear God's voice. And then, and then, you know, so, but that's a whole, a whole different thing. Yeah. I love that because when you say that you have to turn, tune into the the Holy spirit, you definitely do. And when you can do that in with so many things, right. But I think there's also things that God will allow us to decide on and God will allow us to, to move forward on. He, He gave you the tools, gave you the, the open door. Now you have to walk through it. And there, there's so many there. There's so many things there that we can talk about. But also want to touch base a little bit on 
uh, on what you're learning right now, because leaders are always leaning into learning and you're always leaning into leadership and improving and growing. So how do you manage your personal development as you're leading others right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's crucial. I think that's super important. Um, I think, I think, um, there's, there's this idea. I don't remember who came up with it, but it's, um, gamifying. Uh, it's this uh, thought of gamifying, um, to where, uh, games are obviously fun. So taking things that aren't fun and gamifying it to, to where it's a bit of a contest or I'm super, super, super competitive. Um, so, um, so gamifying, I'll, I try to gamify learning. Um, so one of just a simple example, one of, one of my challenges, um, this year is to read one book per month and, or, 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 and now I've had to, um, adjust it because, um, to, to 12 years throughout the whole year, 12 books throughout the whole year, yeah. because, you know, that, um, June came up and, you know, summer and I, I fell off the wagon. Um, so now I'm, I'm behind. So now I'm, I'm having to adjust, but I think gamifying it to where, you know, you're, you're, you're setting yourself, you know, some challenges, some, even some rewards. Um, so, you know, what, what things that you enjoy doing things that you enjoy, um, um, even spending on, like I've told myself, I won't buy myself another, like, um, like, tech accessory i love tech accessories like uh like an ipad cover or whatever until yeah. i finish this book um Good. so i think that that really encourages me um and i i yeah so i naturally I, I enjoy learning um so to me you know throwing on a podcast reading a book or listening to a book or um watching a documentary or you know it's it's fun i enjoy it um so i try to i try to do it as much as possible um obviously schedules can can change and and this and that but i think something that's really helped me is is just gamifying it um and staying just staying on top of it learning 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 because if if you stop learning you know you stop growing and if you Absolutely. stop growing you start dying yeah. so um so always learning and out uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to stay consistent with it. Yeah. But, um, but if we, if we set some challenges, if we set some goals, if we just gamify it, yeah. we can, uh, I believe it can, it can really help us. That's good. And it all comes down to discipline, right? And applying that and yes. staying consistent with it. And that's, that in itself is learning process. So would you mind sharing some resources that have helped you in your leadership personally, or maybe things that you know about music, uh, books, podcasts, YouTube channels, mm -hmm. whatever has helped you grow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I would say number of the the one of the one of the first books that really like was a game changer for me is called Next Generation Leader by Andy Stanley. Right. Um, it's an older book, but um, but I I remember reading it. I believe it was um probably my senior year of high school. Um, and I've read it once once a year since then. Um, it's super, super, super good. Uh, that's, I would say, the number one um, book I would recommend for like a young leader or or a leader starting out. It's not just for young leaders, but it's, you know, it, it really sets, gives you a foundation. Um, but there's a few more that, that I've, that I've really, really enjoyed. Um, one of them is called The Culture Code. 
Um, so that one, that's a, a, a book on leadership about building culture and creating the, a healthy culture. And it studies the, the cultures of the, the great, the biggest companies in the world and what, with the best cultures. Um, so what makes them have those cultures and stuff like that? Because culture, culture is super, super important. It's culture eats vision for breakfast. Like if you have a great vision, but not great culture. It's not going to work out. But if you have great culture, you can implement any pro- any program in I'd, I'd, any day of the week. I'd rather have great culture over great vision. Um, so learning learning to build and create that great culture. Um, um, so uh, culture code really helped me help me with that one. So that that's a, a great book. The Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast is uh, my favorite podcast of all time. That's a that's a great great leadership podcast. It's staple He's man. So, yeah, he's he's so he's just brilliant. Um, anything John Maxwell as well. He's like a no brainer. He's he's the OG. He's the goat yeah, of yeah. leadership. Um, but yeah, and honestly, honestly, just scripture. Um, diving into scripture. Um, yes. Leaders like Nehemiah. You know, going into a broken city. You know, after war and, and rebuilding the walls and stories like that are 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 so packed with leadership skills and leadership um things that 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 we can implement in our everyday life so i wouldn't i i love the 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 more secular books and and podcasts and stuff like that i'm all for it um but i also see the value of 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 jumping into scripture not just for spiritual content but for any content for yeah for especially leadership content um but yeah that's that's um that's kind of you know what i'm what i read you know there's just different things there's another book called make time it's one it's a book on productivity that that i just finished this year um atomic habits as well there's um you know other uh, other books i could i could send you a list (laughs) yeah no (laughs) that's great i really enjoy but uh, yeah i think staying you know reading 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 is 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 super key. And if you don't enjoy reading, you know, you can always listen to, to audible, you know, get, a, Absolutely. um, um, get them on audio. I'm, I'm so ADD that I, <laughs> I have to read the book as I'm listening to it. So, mm. um, it's, it's hard for me to just listen to a book. I can listen to a podcast, but a book is, it's a little harder. And then, and then if I'm reading, I'll start thinking my mind goes wild. So if I, so I got this little hack, if, if I can listen to the book and read it at the same time, um, I can get a little bit more out of it. So That's great. Little, and that helps so much for retention. I'm sure it's got to yeah, help for retention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so actually, man, I may title this episode, the five C's of leadership, because you threw in another one that I hadn't thought about. I was trying to keep it brief, but it kind of just naturally organically focused around these five C's. You mentioned culture, you know, how important yes. culture is to what you're leading and to what you're doing. You know, we talked about yes. congruency, consistency, comparison, communication, and then now culture. Culture. Man, yeah. there's so much that we can talk about that and go deeper, but I think we're going to save that for another Another round mm-hmm. if you're if you're available later on yeah, anytime. for another t- uh, for a, a part two. But I want to do something that we, we had not done before on this pl- on this podcast. And I want to do a lightning round with some of your personal favorites. You down with that? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So favorite leadership resource? Uh book. Okay. In general or or specific. Uh it's up to you, however you want to play that. Uh, let's say a book or Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast. Great. Uh, favorite quote. Uh, if you live for people's acceptance, you die from their rejection. 
Mm. Favorite song or artist? Ah, uh, favorite song or artist. Um, favorite song or artist. Uh, first Church Worship. <laughs> ah, good answer. Good answer. Favorite pastime? Um, spending time with my wife. Absolutely, another great answer. Favorite restaurant? <laughs> favorite restaurant is actually a taco truck that's not too far from my house. It's called Taqueria El Barbon. Mm, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to write that one down. <laughs> favorite vacation. Favorite vacation, favorite vacation. Um, uh, last year, um, last year, my my wife and I took a trip to to New York. Um, so it was it was super fun. We did um, about a week. So it was yeah, favorite vacation, New York City. Awesome, Josh. Thank you so much for being gracious with your time, man. Where can people connect with you on social media? Yeah, um, on on. Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, my just Josh R Garcia. Um, Josh R Garcia is my is my handle. So yeah, would love to connect and um, with with people. And if you know if there are ever any questions or any anything like that, you know I'm, I'm always available. So yeah, just Josh R Garcia. That's you know YouTube, the podcast, the Instagram, all that all that stuff. So just Josh R Garcia. Absolutely. So by the time that this releases, there's going to be some great events happening at First Church that I want people to connect with and to participate in. Uh, would you mind sharing some of those events that are coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the first one is September uh, 9 and 10, which it, it, that is our uh, it's, it's called Breakout Conference. Breakout Conference is for youth and young adults. It's a place. It's a time where we come and, and we we get creative and we get you know, um, we have fun and, and it, honestly, it's a, a time to encounter God. We have our guest speaker this year is, um, is, um, um, his name just slipped my mind. It's Zach, Zach Hammond from, uh, first church of Maryville. Um, so he's an amazing, amazing leader, amazing student pastor over there. So yeah, um, breakout conference. And then in October, uh, the third week of October, I believe it's the 20th to the 23rd, we have motion conference. Motion conference is where our church invests and equips, uh, leaders from, from churches, from honestly, from all over the country. They, you know, we've, it's, it's always, it's one of my favorite times of the year is getting to do motion conference and meeting leaders and student pastors next generation pastors and senior pastors from all over the country. And we've some from all over the world too, have come from different countries to, to the conference. So yeah, it's, it's a great conference. It's, it's, um, what makes it special, what makes it different for me is that it's, it, it is inspirational, but it's also packed with tools and resources, practical tools and resources to where, um, a team from a church can come to motion and get inspired and and get a new vision, a new perspective, but also go home with tools, with the how. So I, I feel like some so so many times we go to places um and and we we learn, you know, the importance of something and, and why something is important and why it's important to have excellence at your church. But but then we go home and it's like, well, how do I implement it? Well, motion um is packed with the how. Uh, we have even coaching, coaching um, opportunities and coaching processes to where it doesn't have to be just a one-time thing. It's it could be, you know, a, a, a lifetime of ministry coaching. So, um, yeah. So that, those are the two the two main ones that I would say: breakout conference for students, and then motion conferences for pastors, leaders, worship leaders, kids pastors, 
youth pastors, anybody um, uh, involved in, in church ministry. That's awesome. Thank you for taking time to talk with us here about leadership on this podcast. Josh, thank you for being gracious with your time. We had a lot of fun. It was phenomenal and so much value in, in what we talked about there and what you shared with us. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime. It was fun. It's been an honor to, to, um, to be on here and thank you for, for the opportunity. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. I will leave some links in the description below where you can connect with Josh Garcia. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love for you to subscribe so you won't miss a single thing. Also, you could help us reach others by leaving a good rating. Feel free to leave a review or share it on social media. And that would mean so much to me. But in the meantime, I would love to connect with you. In the description, you will find the links where we can do that. Let me know how this was helpful to you. You can also visit the blog page where you could find more helpful content like this at inspired2inspired.org. That's inspired, the number two, inspired.org. For now, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer in becoming who God has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.